On this episode of the Average Sean Podcast, we have NFL and college football recaps, surprising picks, surprising wins, some surprising losses. Kansas City, we're looking at you. Uh, and then we move into the college football picks, NFL picks, just football, 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 because as we know, NFL and college, they're king. So let's get right into it. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Average Sean podcast. Uh, Chris is with me as always. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm, I'm uh, you know, loving this fall weather and uh, glad I'm not in the middle of that hurricane and feeling bad for all those who are. Yeah. Um, so with the hurricane in mind, it's going to be a weird week uh, in college and NFL football. So let, let's start first by talking last week because you and I kind of took a step back in terms of our picks and overall units and everything. Uh, I will say to my credit, JMU 28 to three to App State. <laughs> so they came back and won that. I called it undefeated so far. I didn't think it was going to happen, but it happened. Uh, well, I didn't think it was going to happen in the moment. Uh, obviously, beforehand, I thought it would. I just didn't think that it would happen in the method that it happened. <laughs> uh, but Oregon-Washington State was nutty. I think, like, Washington State was, like, up nine or six or something, and then just next thing you know, they're down, like, 12, and, and they backdoor the the cover on the last play. It was, it was all sorts of nonsense going on with that one. Um, Notre Dame looks, looks good. Better. Be- good. Better better <laughs> uh it, it was for all of what it was it was a wacky week in terms of games that were played um i am genuinely surprised that florida managed to keep it in the number with uh with tennessee because they had not been looking looking great but at the same time props to billy napier for recognizing early on i need to go for it on fourth down no matter what <laughs> Because he started doing that in the third quarter, and he just realized, like, my defense is not up to par with this one. So we're going to need to score some points. Most coaches are not willing to recognize that. So uh, credit to him for that. Even though it's a loss, credit to him for realizing, you know, what the limitations are of his team and getting over his pride and just saying, no, we need to go for this, despite what, you know, if we're on our own 20-yard line, guess what? We're going for it. (laughs) So that was college. Uh, the only other really big surprise that we had, Colts over the Chiefs? Oof. Huh? Yeah, I don't know what to think about that. Did the, I personally just think that the Colts were not in into the game at all. I mean, sorry, not the Colts, the Chiefs, the other C team. Um, the Colts, I mean, I guess the Colts the past few years have always have been this team that like a lot of people have either extremely high expectations for or extremely low expectations, right? They're like an aging, I don't even want to say core because it doesn't even feel like they have a core, but they've been trying to piece together this thing post Andrew Luck retirement. And I don't know. I mean, they have a, obviously a very good offensive line and good running attack, but Matt Ryan has looked like dookie the first few weeks of the season. And 
I mean, I, I get they're, they're talented enough to win games. Um, and I think there was some desperation on their end, just seeing how poorly they started. But then also I tend to think that the chiefs were playing down to the opponent and ultimately ended up costing them a big fat L. Well, it was also, it was a lot of special teams issues that were going on and there was one very questionable personal foul uh, call against Kansas City's defense where it looked like, oh no, the defensive tackle or somebody said some mean words to Matt Ryan. Oh no, we're going to give you 15 yards for that. I'm I'm sure you can see how comfortable. You are. <laughs> it's not even furious. It's just like confused because why? You know, they, they probably say like the worst of the worst things to each other while they're on the field. But at the same time, you know, these guys are literally throwing their bodies at each other, trying to destroy each other. I don't think that they're going to want to take the time to think about filtering what they say. Because if you're running, if you're a defensive tackle who a lot of them run like high fours, low fives in terms of 40s because they are athletes, you know, you're moving quick. So with how quick your body's moving, your mind has to move just as quick. Why would you want to slow it down to say, let me think about what I'm about to say here? So I, I don't know. I feel like that was probably an overreaction uh, on the part of the refs for whatever was said, unless it was like, you know, I hope your child gets cancer or something like that. I'd flag that. I mean, I guess has the question been asked as to what was said? I would imagine an oppressor that's got to be had had to have been brought up. I haven't seen anything that came out about it. So maybe whoever's on Kansas City staff is just trying to keep it under wraps. You know, they're, they're probably looking to go, all right, well, we lost this game. We'll turn around. We'll get right. We'll be fine. It, it's just a blip on their radar. And at the very least, I can feel comfortable knowing that in my picks league, where all you do is just pick the winners of every NFL game, not a single person picked Indianapolis to win this game. So hindsight 2020 felt like I should have looked back and go, you know, with the fact that Indy got blanked at Jacksonville and that Kansas City's been, you know, just kind of rolling so far, but hasn't been like a juggernaut like they have in the last few years. Hindsight, of course, says, you know, this this should have been the spot to pick Indianapolis, but I at least know that, you know, I was not alone in my doofusness of continuing to pick Kansas City. Uh, On the other side of things, I don't know who the hell picked the Sunday night and Monday night matchups, but they were just disgusting. Sunday night was painful to watch. And Monday night was just an emphasis that we got to stop putting Cowboys Giants in primetime. It's got to stop. I'll start with 49ers Broncos. Maybe that game looked better on paper because everybody still thinks Russell Wilson is like the cream of the crop. He has clearly fallen off some, uh, but also Trey Lance probably seemed like a sexier matchup than Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, that that game was just, it was so bad. You can't even say it was good defense or good offense. Like sure. The defense has made plenty of plays, but that's because the offenses weren't doing anything too spectacular and Denver for whatever reason refuses to rely on Javante Williams despite the fact that he's their most consistent player on offense I I don't really get it yeah I mean I I'm I'll be honest I don't know what to make of Denver so far I mean I I, they were obviously some people were picking them to like go pretty far 
Um, and, you know, like you said, Russell Wilson kind of considered the savior. Um, he has not looked good. He got paid. I I don't know. I mean, I, I as for San Francisco, you know, they are willing to do everything they can to scratch and claw out a win. So I'm not surprised. Like, honestly, that's the type of game that they want to play, especially with Jimmy G. Um, so I, that, that does not surprise me. And I would actually say tip of the hat. Good for them. They somehow the San Francisco is a, a, a team that is in every game, right? Regardless if it's a shootout or if it's, um, you know, a low scoring 11 to 10 final, right? That's kind of like the Shanahan way. He's able to find a way to suit whichever direction the game is going. Um, and, you know, for all the crap that Jimmy G gets, I mean, he fits that offense perfectly. Obviously, is he the best quarterback in the league? Not even close. But he fits that offense so well, and I don't know what they're going to do. And obviously, like, I think a lot of people were, were seeing with if they were going to be able to test the water with Trey Lance, but with, her, with him hurt now, like, do you see Jimmy G? Actually, I believe, is this the last year on his contract? Yeah, it is. Okay, so I, I don't know if they're going to – they probably won't give him another contract, but I don't know what you do with Trey Lance because you haven't seen any production any, out of him for a whole season. Yeah. And he got he got bits and pieces of his rookie year. This year he played a game in the monsoon, and then in his second game he gets hurt and he's going to be out for the whole year. So I don't know what sort of evaluation that you give him other than just incomplete, but the NFL – they, they don't give you time for incompletes. They need yeses or nos. So I, I don't know what they do there. Yeah, I mean, that's that's tough. I don't get paid to make that decision. Um, and it's the type of thing where it's like he's still so young. And I, I believe he – wasn't he drafted young too? Uh, at least in terms of games played because uh, he hadn't played a game in like – over a year or something he played like one game as like a showcase event um but the covid year like really screwed him so yeah age wise i mean i I think he was at a pretty standard age but like game experience wise he's definitely still green oh yeah i don't know that's a situation that makes my head spin um because i can see i i I don't know man i mean shanahan's offense if it kind of it fits trey lance perfectly um but it also fits GBG perfectly. Once again, I think that that's kind of the beauty of it. And it doesn't get talked about enough with, with the Shanahan away. Um, yeah. I don't know. Um, let's see what, what we get. We got some big matchups coming up this week though. Uh, I'm specifically looking at that 1 PM bills Ravens matchup. That should really be in prime time. <laughs> well, bef- before we hit that, I, I need to expand a little bit on New York and Cow- and the Cowboys because I didn't mention that. The main reason why I'm saying this needs to stop is if you guys take a look at it, yes, the over hit by half a point. But the game was 6-3 to three at halftime. It wasn't a good game. If you were smart or if you didn't have any money on the game, you would have gone to bed at halftime or before that because the game was just so gross. I only stuck with it because I had money on the line. So... I stayed up. I watched the whole thing. I regret the fact that I watched the whole thing, but that matchup has not been primetime worthy for several years. So we got to like, we got to stop doing it. 
I don't care about the brands. I don't care about, you know, the, the name recognition, how, you know, the Cowboys are America's team. That matchup has not been primetime worthy matchup for quite a while. Yeah, but Jerry going to Jerry. <laughs> no, of course. But at some point, somebody in the NFL offices has to step up and say, if we're going to put you in primetime, let's at least make it against the Eagles, who are actually good this year. They used to do that for a while, and then they kind of stopped. Uh, and they might have one later this year. I don't know. But the NFC East is not what it was. So Washington does not deserve to be in any primetime games whatsoever. The Giants also don't deserve to be in that. They're not any good. They like they were 2-0 going into it, but that was a lucky, lucky 2-0. and um, And Dallas... I'll give Cooper Rush his credit. He's been a lot better than I thought he would be. Uh, like, I, I thought that, you know, his first win was a, uh, you know, kind of luck of the draw. Maybe Cincinnati didn't come in taking them as seriously. Cincinnati's on the road, uh, that sort of thing. So I, I thought he'd fall back to earth this week. And I, the credit that I'll give him is that they don't seem to be limiting the offensive play calling around him. And he doesn't seem to be limiting where he's going to throw the ball. He seems to be like, you know what? I've got this opportunity. I'm going to take it. And I think the score would have been, you know, a little bit wider if CD lamb hadn't dropped a ball that literally just landed right in his hands. He didn't even have to move them to try and catch it. Just perfect throw, perfect placement. And, and the dude just dropped it. So I'll give them that credit. But I mean, right now the Eagles look like world beaters. Uh, granted they have played the Vikings in prime time. So we know, we all know the stats with that. And they did play the commanders who, they, they were just an absolute embarrassment this past weekend. So Yeah, what happened to that Wentz magic from week one? Nobody ever said I believed in that, so I don't know why you're asking me that question. But a lot I'm not saying you, but a lot of people <laughs> were preaching like, oh, man, this offense. I don't know. I, I look at Washington, and I'm just like, remember like three years ago, their defense was like top five in the league? Yeah. Like, what happened to that? Jack Del Rio. He's, like, he's just – he's lost his fastball. I don't know if he ever had a fastball, but he lost his fastball when it comes to coaching defense. I he's, mean – He's not good anymore. Yeah. I, I don't know. They need to do something, but at least it sounds like some positive news, possibly on the Dan Snyder front, so. Uh, you know my thoughts on that. Until it actually happens and he's actually out the door, I, I won't believe anything, so – positive news or not i'm just i'm not going to believe it until i see it all right (laughs) so moving to next week you did mention bills ravens uh you're taking the ravens honestly i gotta go the other way and i think the bills bounce back so are you taking the ravens because they're your team and your heart is with them or is this like a genuine i think this is the right spot for the ravens to win um well one the ravens are home Two, I think it is the right spot for the Ravens to win. Um, I think so far it's safe to say the Ravens offense has basically been untouchable. Like, right, that they are steamrolling every defense that they come across. Um, and obviously you could say, well, did they really steamroll the Jets? And it's like, well, Lamar played like a basically flawless game, minus the threw uh, a few like fluke throws in that game. But he also barely played – actually, I don't think he played at all in the preseason. So – it's like, you know, that was some a, a rust game effectively against the Jets. But 
other than that, I mean, Lamar is just like, world, you know, he's a world beater right now. Um, I think why I have the Ravens picking up a W here is what has been uncharacter- uncharacteristic so far this year is that their defense has looked not so happening. Now, the Bills offense, while they have Josh Allen, who is obviously going to give Lamar the run for the money this week, I expect the Ravens defense to step up at some point. Um, and while that this is a tough, tough task, I think what we saw last week in the Bills' loss is that they are so dependent on Josh Allen to make every single play. You could say the same thing for the Ravens with Lamar, but you know, you have a defensive coordinator that's able to figure out and all you need is like a plus one or, or, you know, something like that in the turnover ratio or even just overall possessions. Um, And this has the feeling of like that Chiefs Ravens game. I forget what year, 2019, 2020. I think it was during COVID that insane Chiefs Ravens game. Um, I'm expecting a shootout. Um, The weather conditions might be a little tricky. Um, and yeah, overall, I think it should be a great game. It's kind of crazy. That's a one o'clock game. Uh, yeah, it, it should be flexed into the Sunday night game over chiefs bucks. I, I get why chiefs bucks is in there, but with all the injuries to the Buccaneers and with what happened to the chiefs last week, it just doesn't feel like the best possible matchup that we could have for Sunday night football. Both are coming off L's though. So doesn't matter. I, <laughs> so the reason why I'm taking Buffalo is because both secondaries for both teams are very young. And yes, Marcus Peters is back for uh, the Ravens, but he suffered a pretty major injury last year. It's it, It's been easier for players to come back from those, but still not the easiest thing in the world. And the rest of the secondary around him is very, very young. Uh, the Bills secondary is also very, very young just by nature of the amount of injuries that they've had. And while I definitely believe in Lamar Jackson as a passer, more so than a lot of other people do, I think Josh Allen is better. So I think you put two young secondaries up against these two quarterbacks. I think Buffalo has a better pass rush slash run defense. I want to say run rush, but that doesn't really sound sound right. Door. Yeah, um, but I think they have a better run defense than Baltimore does. So if if Buffalo gets anything out of their running game, and Devin Singletary has looked all right at moments, uh, he, he definitely looks a lot better so far than he did all of last season. You put all these factors together, and then you add in the one ancillary factor that Buffalo was in Miami in September. There's a lot of like weather conditions that give people home field advantage, and Miami in September advantage guys who live in Miami it's the same as like you know when if you go to Buffalo in January advantage guys who live in Buffalo because that like the weather conditions like they're used to that so I think that played a major factor I mean you saw Stefan Diggs trying to go like every other play just because he was cramping up so bad so I, I think even if it's raining or storming or something this weekend I still think that Josh Allen has the arm talent to kind of push through that to get everything done. Uh, He is not even close to the talent that Lamar Jackson is running the ball. That could play in given the weather, but I just think that despite the rain, Buffalo is still going to be able to take the top off Baltimore's defense because of their youth 
And I think that's going to be the difference in it. I mean, another difference maker just on the Ravens, not to dwell on this game because there are a few other interesting matchups. I mean, also, it's probably the best game of the weekend. I, yeah, I yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, so obviously the, the Ravens have a few things working in their favor. Justice Hill last week had a great game. Doesn't get talked about. On top of that, we got J.K. Dobbins, who had a relatively good game for his first game back, right? Like You still got to ease him in, but yeah. Yeah, you know, it's going to be a slow rollout. And don't forget that um, after this week, Gus Edwards is coming off the IR. Now, I know we're not looking ahead, but, I mean, add, if you get both those guys, both those guys going this week in, in Dobbins and Hill, and obviously, dude, Mark Andrews is a freak of nature. So add that all in with the Ravens. Uh, with uh, with Lamar's just complete like improvisational freak nature, like I don't know, I, I don't I don't see the Ravens' offense being the issue. Like you said, it's the secondary. Um, Kyle Hamilton has been pretty good. Um, I don't know. We'll see. That is definitely the game of the week, though. I would if we were highlighting one. <laughs> so I'll put it to you like this: If Buffalo had beaten Miami and somehow found a way to pull it off. I would be coming to you saying this is the right spot for ball or for Buffalo to drop one. But because they lost last week, I think they'll like they'll end up refocusing because that that's just how it goes in the NFL. It's going to be the same thing for the Chiefs. We've both got the Chiefs beating the Bucks. Some of that I'm sure in large part is due to the Buccaneers uh injuries and everything that they've got going on there. But you lose one, you refocus, you get, you go back to the office, like, okay, cool. Like, you know, we're not this juggernaut that everybody was making us out to be. Now we got to go back to the basics and, you know, figure out what we're going to do. So if they had won last week, I would have been Ravens all day because of the spot, but because they lost to me, this now screams, this is a Buffalo spot. Speaking of the dolphins though, uh, I'm going to go through a list of games where you and I have the same picks dolphins, Bengals. The reason I'm picking the Bengals is Dolphins are the road team on a Thursday night, and that was a hugely emotional win for them. But also, Tua was concussed. He did not have a back injury. I know that he's being treated for a back and an ankle injury right now, but no. there I have hurt my back before, and it hurts like a bitch. But when you watch him go to the ground, I'm sorry, if you have a back injury, your hand goes and reaches for the spot that is hurting just out of a natural reflex. He didn't go reach. He crumpled to the ground. Forward. <laughs> yeah. No, he was concussed. Oh, yeah. There's well, no, you. Do, I don't know if he's playing this week either. Uh, right now, his plan is to play this week. But either way, you're either got a not 100% Tua or Teddy Bridgewater, who... I love Teddy Bridgewater, but with Miami being the road team, yeah, I, I would have to take the Bengals at home. Also, the Bengals are breaking out the icy whites this week, and I'm here for it. Hey, man, Joe Burrow doesn't care. He'll play in a trash bag or whatever. <laughs> sure, but you give me the icy whites, look good, feel good, play good, my dude. Totally. So we've got Bengals. Uh, we both have Titans. I, I'm glad that you and I are both on the same page about not falling into the Colts trap now that they've won one. Uh, Browns Falcons. We both have Browns. I'll admit, I really wanted to take the Falcons here, but then I remembered Browns have a few extra days to get prepped for this one. So give me the Browns. Uh, commies Cowboys. I may never pick the commies in another game this season. 
uh, just because why would I? Uh, I am surprised that you and I are on different pages with Eagles Jags. We can come back to that one in a second. Uh, but we've got, both got the Raiders being the Broncos. I think that's just a, a team desperate for a win. They're at home. They, they got to get this one. Uh, Packers Patriots, Brian Hoyer sure as hell isn't going to be Aaron Rodgers, especially not in Green Bay. Uh, and then we've both got the Chiefs. So let's let's jump back to Eagles Jags though real quick because I picked Jags last week to beat the Chargers. But I am legitimately floored that you're picking them to beat the Eagles. Tell me why. So one, there's the Doug Peterson revenge game. Okay. Right here in Philly. Okay. Two. Yes, the Eagles have looked like, you know, arguably the best team in the league. Like, I don't think that's an understatement. Um, but also on the flip side of that, the Jags have looked the best that they have in quite some time. Obviously, the best that they have within Trevor Lawrence's era. I still think that they're trying to figure out who they are in the in the good sense, though, right? They're they're doing it while being able to pull off wins, right? Like that's that's kind of what you want, especially early in the season, trying to develop a a full-blown identity. I don't see the, the Eagles being able to steamroll the rest of the season. I'm going to be honest. They haven't been there, right? They haven't done that yet. Obviously, I believe they won the division last year. Or no, Dallas did, right? Yeah, I believe it was Dallas. But, I mean, I know the Eagles made the playoffs, but, like, they weren't rolling teams, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I do expect them to, to cool off at some point. And I just think that with the Doug Peterson revenge game, the Jags are definitely feeling good. Um, I mean, this should this should be a good game. I would say this is probably the second best game on the docket this week. I So I agree with that, uh, which is the reason why that's the one that I came back to, because I, I thought you would be on the Eagles. And there was a part of me that was tempted to go Jacksonville with this one, which is why I think that this could be a good game. Uh, with that in mind, though, I've got a few things to think about with this one. Uh, so Jacksonville shut out the Colts in Jacksonville since 2014, Indianapolis losing in Jacksonville is something you can set your watch to. They beat up on the chargers, but that's because the chargers were already beat up. Like they also, they lost Rashawn Slater in the middle of the game. They were already down Corey Lindsley. I don't know why on any surface of any planet, Justin Herbert was playing last weekend. But it was not the right recipe for the Chargers to win. It was it was a good spot for them to go to and, and for the Jags to take the win. But this is the Jags' third road game in the first four games of the season. And they're going to have four road games in the first six. They come back the week after Philly and play Houston, but then they travel to Indy. So... You think about it, they go to Washington. Okay, Washington to Florida, not the longest flight in the world. But you got Indy who comes to town. Okay, cool. You're at the crib. You're fine. Next week, you got to fly across the country, play the Chargers. Then you got to fly back. And now you're flying up to Philly. So even though that flight from Florida to the DMV area isn't that bad and Philly ain't that much further north, that's that's a lot of travel. That's a lot of time in the air getting miles that way. I got to imagine with Philly being at home, despite the revenge factor, I think that Philly's fan base is the type of fan base that can counteract a revenge factor because I have no doubt that they will find a way to get under Doug Peterson's skin, even if it's just a little bit. 
And if they can get under his skin, get a little bit of a distraction for Trevor Lawrence or, you know, just make the wrong play call or something. And I think the ball tips Eagles way. So I think just where we're at in terms of the spot, it feels like Eagles to me, but this does feel, it it feels like Eagles Jags as weird as this feels to say they should be Monday night football and Bill's Ravens should be Sunday night football. And I'm really saying that because Sunday night football has been the better product recently over the years. Yeah. I, I don't think that Rams 49ers is a bad Monday night football option. I just don't think that it's particularly exciting right now, uh, especially with everything that's going on with Jimmy G and, and the Rams office offense has not looked very fluid so far. So I don't know what to, what to think about that one being on Monday night. But I'm also well aware that nobody takes a look at the schedule before the season goes, ooh, Eagles-Jags, let's put those in prime time. Yeah, I mean, and I, I don't know if we could even find an answer about this quickly, let alone at all. But have to wonder, I wonder if the Jags are already in Philly, considering the hurricane being in Florida. So I will look into that further. But I, from my understanding, I think it's hitting more of the Gulf side of things. And Jacksonville's more on the ocean side of it. I could be completely wrong here. Um, I don't know. But yeah. also, we, we got to remember, Florida people are bred different. So <laughs> who knows what they're doing? But it, let's go to some games that we don't have the same picks on. Viking Saints, this is the London game. And I really just wanted to bring this up to really say, I have no clue what's going to happen here. Same. And I'm I the reason I'm picking the Saints is because I think the Saints – played terribly last week and i think that we've seen that they are a better team than what we saw against i mean i i'm gonna be honest i mean i know you picked panthers but i didn't see them losing to the panthers i don't think the panthers are very good even with baker um they're not but because new orleans lost there last year i i had my reasons or in like i had recent history to kind of go off of to make me think that carolina could win that game i mean yeah and Rightly so. You got the green mark and I got the X, but um, <laughs> I just, I think because of that, like, I don't want to say it's a primetime game because it's not. So I, you know, I guess I can't use that logic against Kirk Cousins, but I'm going to like, that's a long travel for, for them. I get that they've been over there, yada, 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 but I'm, I'm going with saints here. I think that uh, they, they bounce back. I think that they are more embarrassed of last week Um then maybe you know the Vikings have, have felt after right they lost no no Vikings won against the Lions but that was expected right the week before they were total but um so also is Dalvin Cook playing so real quick I'll guess to the Lions in a second that's the next game we can talk about but I'll put a pin in that even if Dalvin Cook isn't playing Alexander Madison is a really really good backup running back um i i will make the connection to the lions now but deandre swift and jamal williams really good one-two punch because if williams and in this case for the vikings madison have to take over the the primary role they can do that and be very good at it so i didn't want to pick the vikings it's not a primetime game but it is a standalone game which always makes me nervous with kirk cousins but I am taking the Vikings because the Saints did look that bad. They look that bad on a field, not a dome. They're gonna they're not gonna be in a dome over in England. 
And in all honesty, Jameis Winston still has a broken back, which makes me incredibly nervous. I mean, yeah, he's playing, but how much practice is he really doing? How mobile is he really from, you know, one day to the next during the week? That makes me really nervous. I don't know what their backup quarterback situation is. It's probably still Taysom Hill, but that doesn't excite me either. So I think the Vikings now are putting up enough points that they can eke out enough. I would say the under hits in this game, but I think the Vikings can score enough to pull it off. I just, I worry about the words broken back, especially with a quarterback. It's like the Mike Tyson interview. My back is broken. I broke my back. I mean, it really is though. Uh, I I will move to the Lions real quick though, just because I don't want to take forever on these games. We still have college to get to, but Lions, I think, are officially moving from not that bad to I think they're a good team. You know, I I think somebody had to win the Vikings Lions game last week. I think because it was in Minnesota that was set for Minnesota for the Vikings to win, but. You're taking the Seahawks, and the Seahawks, they ain't good, man. They couldn't beat Atlanta at home. And we're talking about Atlanta, the 28-3 Atlanta, because that franchise has a history of losing games like that. And they just couldn't figure it out. So I got to go Lions here because I think that they are the team that, yes, you are what your record says you are, but I think that they're capable of being better than that. So I got the Lions this week. Yeah, I mean, I'm going Seahawks. I, I like the Lions. I think they're fighters. I'm honestly picking the Seahawks just because I don't trust the the Lions to finish out games yet. And I know that's that fair. I, feel like, I feel like that's been their MO the past few years. Um, it's just that now they play with a you know huge chip on their shoulder, and rightly so. I mean, they, and it, it starts with the head coach and, and trickles its way down, right? Um, I also think that we will see kind of flashes in the pan from whatever minuscule drops are left from Geno Smith. Um, and ultimately in the coaching matchup, I, I love Dan Campbell. I think anyone, I think we all have to at this point, right? Actually, I don't love him as a coach. I love him as a motivator. Yes. Um, but with that, like, do I think Pete Carroll is uh, should just retire at this point? Yes. But I also trust him to win the game. Like, this is a winnable game for Seattle, right? And they don't have many of them on their schedule. Atlanta was winnable for them. Atlanta, well, yes. They were in Seattle. They were in Seattle. And uh, this game's in Detroit. This game's in Detroit. You're right. Um, I'm making you more and more nervous, aren't I? You are, but I'm I'm sticking with it. I'm I'm kind of going on the on the edge here a little bit. You know, I think uh, you know, I need to do a little tip of the hat. Like for the first time this year, you are leading in the overall records. I am. Game. It was it was Stand only a matter back. of time. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sorry, man, but what what happened last year? What happened last year? I don't even know. I'd have to go back and look. I'm pretty sure I came out on top. I'm if I remember correctly, we were like neck and neck by like only one or two games though the whole year. Yeah, I mean that I'm still going to talk junk to you, but yeah, of course, right? It it was close. I I didn't like blow you out. Maybe we need to figure out what happens to the loser. We'll have to figure that out. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. This is your homework assignment. This is an interesting idea to ponder, and I'm going to ponder it. 
All right. Well, All right. it's only week four, so you got lots, lots to go. Let's um let, let's move off this one real quick, though. Again, just for the sake of time. I'm gonna touch three games real quick that we have three different picks on, and I'm gonna throw call these three games the dumpster fire bowl. Um, Jets and Steelers. I'm taking the Steelers because they're at home. Hold on to your butts. I'm picking Jets because Zach Wilson is back. I think this is a great spot for him to be back. I know you're like, is that the best thing? Look, Flacco, ignore the Garrett Wilson injury. Um, Flacco was able to get a win with them. And Flacco looked freaking terrible. I would really like them to start using Brees Hall a lot more. Not because I have him on both fantasy teams or anything, but just because I think he's really talented. Nothing to do with fantasy football. (laughs) I mean, the Jets have athletes, right? That is definitely like they have guys coming. Their defense has looked a lot better, right? I think that's fair to say. I think this is a perfect spot for them. The Steelers are down right now. The Steelers are also banged up. Is Minka playing? I don't know. Obviously, no TJ Watt. Like This is a winnable game for the Jets. So I see them kind of rolling with that Zach Wilson momentum and maybe they get a win. Will they probably fail me? Probably because the Jets are the Jets. All right. Bears, Giants. This game is just gross. I'm just taking the home team. I'm taking the Bears because I don't like the Giants very much or slash at all. And I do think I I don't I I can't pick Daniel Jones to win a game. (laughs) I'm picking him two weeks in a row. So famous last words on my part, but. That that game is going to be. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure red zone just like will hardly touch on it at all on yeah. Sunday. Uh, Texans Chargers. This one, if people were healthy on the Chargers, I think would be a no brainer. Take the Chargers. You're still taking them. I'm taking the Texans. Kind of based on the same factors of what I took Jacksonville on last week, and that's because the Chargers are just so injured. And you can't lose an all-pro center. And you can't lose one of the best left tackles in the game. Still have your quarterback be banged up. Yes, it looks like they're going to get Keenan Allen back. But how much of Keenan Allen is going to be back, especially with how limited Justin Herbert is? The Texans have to win something. I don't think that they're going to go 0-15-1. Or 0-16-1. God, that's so weird to say. Yeah. 17 games yeah but this just it feels like the chargers are too banged up and in my belief that it's the nfl the texans are still getting paid to i think that i just think they take this one solely because of the amount of injuries i mean i'm i'm picking it for the opposite of that um I don't know. I think that the 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 chargers are going to find a way to piece together a win because this is a game that Regardless of the injuries, this is one that they kind of got to have. So that's that. But yeah, the game is kind of gross considering the injuries. So, you know, I'm noticing that except for Rams 49ers, which at least looks a little bit better on paper, all the games that we agree on are all the games that you would say are like the sexier matchups. And all the games that we disagree on are all the dumpster fire ones because the next one that we disagree on is Panthers Cardinals. And it feels strange to say this, but I'm taking Carolina because I kind of trust Baker Mayfield more than I do Kyler Murray at this point. It, it It's a, it's a matchup of two quarterbacks who Kyler Murray's, I mean, he's an otherworldly talent, especially compared to Baker. There There's no arguments there, but I don't think that Cliff Kingsbury or Matt Rule should have any business coaching in the NFL. So you've got a bad 
coaching matchup, which then creates a bad quarterback matchup. I don't know why I'm taking Carolina. The spot screams Arizona, but I, I really don't trust Arizona's like clock management and their consistency. So I'm taking the Panthers and a hold on to your butts pick. I mean, fair enough. I'm picking Kyler as much as I really don't like Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, to, to rebound once again, this is a winnable game for them. Do we see Cliff Kingsbury moving back to the college game at some point? Honestly, if you've seen his house in Arizona, unless he's going <laughs> to take, I could see him taking the Arizona state job so he could keep that house. True. But I, yeah. if he doesn't go there, I'd honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he took like a year or two off because if you're Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, why would you continue to work? He's made so much money and he frankly isn't that good at his job. And he's still young, like in the grand scheme of life. So <laughs> take, take a year or two off, my dude. Enjoy it. Uh, last game that we differ on. Uh, I will also say Raiders Broncos, not a sexy matchup. We are just picking the same on that one. So that, that's our one exception to the rule there. But Rams 49ers, I'm going Rams. Same reason why I said Houston win this week. They have to win something. At some point, Sean McVay has to beat Kyle Shanahan. And I just, the Rams have looked a little bit better. Not by much, but a little bit better than the 49ers. Some of this is probably because I'm coming off that stink of that Sunday night football game involving the 49ers. But we're going to just go ahead and take the Rams on this one and just pray that I'm right. Yeah, I'm going for the 49ers to make it an ugly game, um, exploit the lacking Rams offense, and seeing if, you know, that uh, that Shanahan magic continues, I guess, making it ugly. And maybe they'll win a game by one point instead of losing by one. Maybe uh, Jimmy G also won't pull a Dan Orlovsky and run out of the back of the end zone. At least it wasn't a butt pun. <laughs> yeah, it's strange to say that Jimmy G pulled a Dan Orlovsky, and that wasn't the worst safety of the day. Truth. Although, hey, I mean, quick note Washington on that. had a safety. <laughs> quick, quick note on that. Daniel, or not Daniel Jones, uh, Dan Orlovsky tweeted out that he's like, oh, I'm finally free from, from the stigma. No, you're not, dude. Everybody called it a Dan Orlovsky. You're not free from this. You are the alpha and the omega on this because people remembered you. You are this event. You will never be free from this. I'm sorry, but that's the people aren't going to suddenly like if somebody else does this, they're not going to go, oh, he pulled a Jimmy G. No, they're going to say he pulled an Orlovsky. You're not free, my dude. I, d don't get me wrong. I, I'm not like saying this because I hate him or anything. I, I have really no opinion toward him, but you're just you're not free of this, man. The Internet never forgets. So very true. Uh, let's move over to college uh, where you and I, we had, a, a like I mentioned before, an up and down week. Uh, I am still up a good number of units. Uh, you are back in your home in the negatives. Now, this one, I know for a fact last year, I boat raced you on college. Yes, that indeed you did. <laughs> so let, let's get into the games this week. Uh, Ole Miss and Kentucky. This game, I have to admit, I am. I, I wanted to get right into the games because I'm going to take some time with this one. I am stunned that Ole Miss is a seven-point favorite, even though they're at home, because you've got two top 15 teams here 
but Ole Miss is the lower rank. And Kentucky, I don't think Will Levis is all that great. But are they really seven-point dog worthy? I guess this is like a prove-it spot for people when it comes to Kentucky. And I am going to take Ole Miss because they're at home. But does the mayo and the coffee magic of Will Levis come out? And do they pull this off? Dude, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> I am not sorry that I reminded you of that. Oh, no, I, I, I see. Uh, I see Ole Miss winning. I mean, mainly because Kentucky really has not looked good on D at all. And like Will Levis really has not been like, I mean, he, there's been a lot of hype. And honestly, I see. Uh, I'm, I'm totally blanking on his name. The um, UNC quarterback that that you guys drafted, um, Sam Howell. Sam Howell. I see a lot of comparisons to him, um, where it's like there was a lot of preseason hype for him. Obviously, will he be drafted? Yes, no doubt. Um, he and he will probably get a good shot in the NFL, and he'll probably be one of those that gets drafted higher than he should have. Um, but right now he's not looking too hot. I mean, I believe that the, the talent is there, but um, you know, I I, I want to say I'm trusting Old Miss in this spot, but um, I definitely think to take the taking the over. I mean, we're we're picking the same here, um, and I definitely expect Kentucky to. It's going to be a close game, right? It's an SEC game. Is this the three thirty matchup? Uh, I think it might be. I will double check that in a moment here, but. Actually, no. I think Bama Arkansas has got to be the three 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 thirty game. You are correct. This game's gonna be at noon on the SPN. So yeah, I mean, and I don't know what conditions will be will be like. I don't I don't know how much Mississippi's being impacted by the storm, but um regardless, I'm taking Ole Miss. They've been I mean, for Lane Kiffin, he's been in a lot of these big games. Um Ole Miss to win. Kentucky to cover and taking the over of 53, 53 and a half. Sorry. So uh, I just looked something up speaking of that and I have to change something that I'm doing, but that will come with one of our later games. Uh, I was going to make the claim that I am in the overs club for every single game this, this weekend, but that is no longer the case. Uh, I think I have learned the lesson with this one. Uh, Going back to last week, I had Tennessee just beating up on Florida because Tennessee was at home. They looked significantly better than Florida had in the last couple of weeks. So I said, okay, Tennessee looks the part. They should cover the spread. But Florida kept it within the spread. Sure, 10.5 is definitely more than 7. But I think with these being two decent, two very good SEC teams – And I say decent and very good because I want to be very clear about what I think the hierarchy is in college football. I think it's Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State in whatever order you want to – I mean, flip Georgia or Alabama. I think Ohio State's the clear three right now just because we don't know what the Big Ten is in terms of quality. It's not very good, at least so far. But it's those three, and there is a steep drop-off to everybody else. I – Maybe you put Michigan up there because of what they did last year, but Michigan did not look great against Maryland. And that's not a team that you don't want to look good against or that you don't want to look bad against. God, threw that one backwards. (laughs) 
But that, that's not the sort of program that you want to kind of have a, a mid game against because Maryland just isn't there yet. So I think it's those three. I think it's a big drop off. Maybe throw Michigan somewhere in the middle there, but then everybody else. I don't really think the rest of the SEC is that good, kind of like the Big Ten, but I think their mid-level would definitely be better than the Big Ten's mid-level. So, you know, I, I think these are two solid teams. I think that Ole Miss will have the advantage being at home, but I think that Lane Kiffin, if I remember correctly, was like just in the media kind of calling out his own fans for not being like rowdy enough during games. Never a great look. Mm-hmm. But – Florida kept it close and within the number against Tennessee, and they were on the road in one of the most hostile environments that they will play in because Tennessee hates Florida. Ole Miss and Kentucky may not have that sort of like blood feud with each other, but it's still a conference matchup. I think that Kentucky can keep it within the number uh, because neither defense has looked particularly fantastic. Give me the over 53 and a half. I, I think that's just going to be a, a strange game. I, I think it's going to be strangely good in terms of like entertainment value, but it might not be the best in terms of quality, if that makes sense. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. So let's move to Texas tech, Kansas state. And this is the one that took me out of the overs club for every single game, because you mentioning the time of the kickoff, for Ole Miss, Kentucky, made me think about the kickoff for this one. I remember that it's at noon Eastern. Early for Central. Exactly. It's going to be an 11 a.m. kickoff for these guys. Both teams are coming off huge wins last week. K-State knocking off Oklahoma, Texas Tech knocking off Texas. You know, when I was taking a look at who I thought would win this game, it came down to I took Kansas State because they're at home. I think Texas Tech is good enough to keep it within the spread. I honestly, I think if Texas Tech hadn't lost to NC State earlier this year, I think they'd be in the top 25. So I think both teams are top 25 worthy. But with the game starting at 11, and it's a natural letdown spot for both teams, I kind of think Kansas State will be a, a win by default sort of situation. Because it's by default, I don't think the spread will really be that crazy. So I think that eight and a half is insane to put as a spread here, but I'm going to take the under 57 and a half because it's a letdown. And because, you know, 11 AM that's too early of a start to, you know, ask these offenses to be flying around. They're going to make some mistakes early on in the game, which I think will be enough to keep it under that number. Fair. I mean, that I think that's, yeah, that's, that's a good analysis. Now, now you've got me, uh, my, me second guessing. I think Kansas state rolls with the momentum. Obviously they had a huge win last week. Um, I, I, I'm going to say this and then you're going to say, but you're contradicting yourself. Kansas state really has not been an offensive juggernaut, but they appeared last week as like an offensive juggernaut, right? Like, um, Oklahoma's defense, you know, especially under venerables is like that they, they've looked a lot better. And last week was just like, they kind of fell on their face. Speaking Uh, of, do we think that venerables regrets taking the Oklahoma job? Because when he was at Clemson, if they ever lost, all of the blame fell on Dabo, and Venable still collected an insane paycheck. True. I mean, I, I think I, – I personally, I think that he wanted to take the SEC – I mean, not the SEC, the Big 12 job because 
Big 12 obviously has not been known for their defense. Uh, with well, the they're moving into the SEC now, so have fun, yeah. have fun with that big guy. I mean, but I think that given some, give him some time with some legitimate like recruits, obviously, like we've seen at Clemson, what he's been able to build. So, um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm picking to picking Texas. I mean, we have the same picks for minus. I'm taking the over. I think it's going to be close, closer. I mean, eight and a half. That's huge. I don't, I don't understand it. Like you said, it really seems like a crazy number to me. It seems crazy. Um, and then I, I'm going over just because I think K State continues that role with that mo- offensive momentum from last week. And that's that's fair. Um, now, the next game we'll talk about is a top twenty matchup, but it's one of those matchups where I remind myself. This is why certain things are not good for college football. And one of those is the fact that Alabama is just so freaking dominant every single year that they're playing a top 20 opponent. They are minus a thousand on the money line to win this game. And they're the road team. Arkansas is plus 600 in their own house. And they're a top 20 team. That ain't good, hmm. both for Arkansas and for spectators. Because this game is a 3.30 CBS game, but honestly, I got to ask the question, why? If the spread is this ridiculous, oh, I can't even say the spread. If the money lines are this ridiculous, why is this your primetime game? I- I'm sorry, but I feel like Alabama's almost created a world where they have played themselves out of being primetime worthy because they don't play entertaining games until, you know, late in the season when they get to the SEC title or the college football playoff championship. Cause usually their semifinal matchup is kind of a snoozer too. But the reason why I say no spread is when I looked this up, there was no spread available, which really just goes to show even more odds makers don't know what to do with this one, which that ain't good. So we're we're both on Bama and over sixty one here. Is there really much else to say? Yeah, no. I mean, I'm not gonna go against Saban until you know the the rare instance that it fall, that he falls on his face like at a And M last year. But I, I think for for them putting this game as the three thirty game, it makes sense. You know, Arkansas has high hopes for this year. Um, you, you know, even with that that loss, it was a conference loss. Um, and honestly, ignoring that Texas game, which was obviously like way too close for comfort. I know Bama got the W, but you could say if viewers did not get hurt, that game could have easily gone the other way and was trending in that direction when he was in, um, this is the first, I mean, obviously it's, it's the, it's the first conference game besides them steamrolling Vanderbilt last week. That's not a cupcake. <laughs> um, so, and obviously Pittman's a great coach. I just don't see them beating Bama. Um, I think, and I mentioned this to you, like I think that their best bet is to keep it really ugly, and I do not trust Bama, um, I do not trust Arkansas's defense at all. I mean, why, why would you, especially if yeah. they you know, got beat up on by Texas A&M, whose offense had looked atrocious before that game? Yep. <laughs> So let's move off that one because I listed it because it's a top 20 matchup, but I really don't think it's going to be that great. So let's move to Oklahoma State Baylor. 
this one is tough for me because you know I have sung the praises of Dave Aranda for, on prior podcast episodes. I really do like him, but the game is going to be in Waco. Baylor's a two-point favorite. Uh, the over is set at 56 and a half. Whenever I think Oklahoma State, I think overs, no matter what. Now, to Oklahoma State's credit, after their opening game of the season where they let up 44 to Central Michigan, uh, their defense has appeared to be better. Uh, they only let up 17 against Arizona State. Granted, they probably got plenty of information from Arizona State's assistant coaches, seeing as they were trying to get Herm Edwards out of there. Uh, they played Arkansas Pine Bluff, which is kind of a nobody school in terms of like going up against Oklahoma State. But as I said, with week zero matchups this year with certain teams needing to make it a non-game in order to prove to me that you are at least worthy of being a good team, they did what they were supposed to do. They beat the crap out of them. I'm not taking much from it, but I'm not going to detract anything from it either because they did what they were supposed to do. Uh, Baylor, on the other hand, they beat Albany. Albany's a nobody school in terms of football. They beat Texas State. Texas State is like 33-some points dogs to JMU. Uh, And I would say right now, Baylor's a better football program than James Madison, even though James Madison did 28-3 to Appalachian State. Uh, But they beat them 42-7. to Not the most impressive thing in the world. They eked out a win against Iowa State. I get it that Ames is a weird place to play, but Iowa State lost to Iowa, who, oh, (laughs) oh, I don't care about the blood rivalry in that. Actually, no, I'm sorry. Iowa State beat them. Yeah, I was going to say this is the year that they finally reversed the trend. Yeah, so ignore what I just said. But either way, like the reason why I thought Iowa win or won was because, once again, it wasn't a great game. So I don't think Iowa State's much of anything. And when they played another top 20 team uh, when they were going against BYU, they lost. So And BYU was missing a couple of their top receivers. So for this one, I think the fact that Baylor beat Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship last year, and that took away Oklahoma's outs, or Oklahoma State's outside chance of getting in the college football playoff. I'm kind of going revenge factor here. Uh, I, I don't know how much I trust this uh, because they are – it's a true road game for the Cowboys, but I'm going to take Oklahoma State. Uh, obviously, I'll take them plus two at that point, and for sure give me the over 56 and a half. Yeah, I'm – Honestly, I'm playing copycat here, going with the same thing. And, I, I, you know, it's so interesting. Oklahoma State is just obviously one of those teams that's always pretty good. And obviously last year, you could argue until basically their last play of the season, they were in content. Well, not even argued. I mean, I think that's a fact. They were basically in contention until the last play of the regular season. If they had won the Big 12 title, they would have had a legitimate claim to get in the college football playoff. And, I mean, with that, I think that they like flying underneath the radar. Um, Mike Gundy is just – he's consistent, and uh, they, they know how to win games. This should be a good game. I think this is going to be a very good game. Um, and, yeah, you think, okay, say so you think oh, the over instantly. They, they know how to put up points. So, playing copycat with you there, Sean. Yeah. Now, of course, knowing that we did that, They'll uh, they'll probably up and lose the game, but if they do, all that will do is just reaffirm my love for Dave Aranda, so I can't even be that mad about it. Uh, Wake Forest, Florida State. Normally, I would kick it off, but I got to have you start this one because I, I want to understand why you're taking Florida State to win this game. 
Florida State is looking pretty good. Florida State's rolling. Wake Forest just lost last week, if I'm am I remembering correctly. Right? Yes, they, they, they lost in overtime to Clemson. Yes. So obviously, I mean, having uh, you know QB one back, and uh, you know, obviously, it seems like his health issues are are behind him, which is for the best. Um, I don't know. I think that I think that we're seeing the reemergence of Florida State after what maybe a five year, six year span of them being fairly down. Um, and I think that that this. You know, personally, I want to see Florida State because I, I mean, let's let's add some some so this a, a, the ACC needs some some flair to it, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, it, for the past few few years, it's just been Clemson rolling, and then you had Wake Forest kind of slip in there, right? And now I think that that we're seeing these other. I mean, UNC, I guess, is somewhat in this bubble, but I would say they're on the outside looking in, and I think that Florida State, you know, that they've they finally had. Um, blanking on the coach's name, but he's had a few years there to get some recruits in, and they've they've been looking really good. So I I have Florida State winning, but I think Wake keeps it close, and I do think it's going to be a bit of a shootout, um, taking the over for forty eight, um, uh, or forty eight. Wow, sixty four. Don't even know where I got forty eight from, but um, <laughs> taking Florida State, Wake Forest to cover over sixty four. So. Here's my thing with Florida State. Do you know what their next three games are? No. So they are home against Wake at NC State, home against Clemson. So they've got a murderous row of games coming up. And I feel like it would seem natural to think, okay, they might win the first two, drop the third. But I still don't really trust Mike Norvell yet because here are his wins on the season. 24 to 23 against LSU, you are a blocked extra point or whatever happened there away from choking that game away. You got lucky that, you know, college kickers, special teams, et cetera. Hard to call that one a win. And LSU hasn't looked particularly fantastic this season. Don't know what to make of that. Then you go to Louisville and you escape that game. It was not, it was not a, uh, a good one for them to have up in Louisville. That that was an escape job. They they did not clearly win. Louisville very easily probably should have taken that game. I didn't watch them at all against Boston College. It looks like they went up or they had Boston College come down, handle business, do what they're supposed to do. Sure. I don't know what's going to happen with this game because of the storm. They might have to move it to a neutral site. Uh, if that happens, I believe that will favor Wake Forest. But taking it as it's still going to be in Tallahassee, Wake Forest came off a crushing overtime loss. Uh, seems like a good bounce back spot. And I really just don't trust Florida State enough yet because I don't think out of their three opponents, name-wise, yeah, LSU's got the brand, but they're not what they once were. Louisville has never been anything otherworldly. And Boston College is Boston College. So... Who have they really beaten yet this year? I don't know. So I don't know if I can trust them yet. And because of that, I'm going to take Wake Forest, who they looked much better than I thought they were going to against Clemson. You know, I really, I didn't know what to expect, uh, but I think with Hartman back at quarterback, he showed that that team can look a lot better 
than what I initially anticipated from them. So I'm going to take them to do what is a road upset this week because I really think that the odds makers are making Florida State the favorite because Florida State's at home and because of the brand recognition. I don't think right now that Florida State has earned being a favorite, let alone a seven-point favorite. Like, are you kidding me? We talked about Texas Tech, Kansas State, that being a ridiculous spread. This this game is not a seven-point spread type of game to me, at least on paper. Clemson-Wake Forest was a lot better than I thought it was going to be, which means that Wake Forest, Florida State, this could be a spot for Florida State to just fall flat on their face. Because, like I said, murder's row kind of coming up for them. Wake Forest just came off of a loss. There's a chance that the kids of Florida State think like, oh, you know, like you're not as good as we thought you were going to be. So they take them a little bit less serious because they've got NC State and Clemson right on the horizon. Despite the fact that Wake Forest is ranked in the top 25, this could be a look-ahead spot for them, which is weird to say, but I feel like it's it's probably the case. Fair enough. I mean, it's safe to say, though, this is a huge game for a, a huge ACC game. Oh, I mean, absolutely. This will definitely determine how a lot of people's seasons go. Because I think that if Florida State does lose this game, there's a chance that they go 0-3 in the next crumble. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. But if they win, it's like, you know, at that point, you know, wins are wins, right? And the positive effect of wins and what that has on a young team. So I would say that this could very easily be the game of the weekend. But we've also got NC State and Clemson and Kentucky Ole Miss. And I think that Kentucky Ole Miss will be a lot more entertaining just because I you mentioned the the weather with Ole Miss earlier. I don't think it's really going to affect them up in Oxford. Yeah, I, I, I depend. Yeah, I yeah. Yeah. So I mentioned NC State Clemson. Let's move on to them um, because NC State does get Florida State next week, but they've got the Tigers now. They're going to Clemson. Uh, you've got Clemson. You've got Clemson covering the spread. I have NC State and therefore NC State covering the six and a half point spread. We're both going over 40. I'm genuinely surprised that the the over-under is set this low. Chris, why Clemson? Mm, Their defense alone. I get NC State has a great defense as well. But Clemson, I've said this, I feel like every week, top five defense, right? Um, Also, Dabo knows that this is heading into this year, NC State was kind of like the other big name or possible team to dethrone um, Clemson in the ACC. I think Dabo is trying to like stake his territory, especially now like that he's seeming a bit vulnerable. Um, I, you know, thinking about it, I obviously we're both taking the over because it, it sets so low. I wonder if that has anything to do with like people are really wondering what versions of these quarterbacks we're going to get, right? We've seen them both show flashes of like being great. We've also seen flashes of them being absolutely horrible to the point where it's like, these guys should not be starting. So I, I think that the experience on Clemson's side, coaching staff wise and their defense, you know, I, I don't want to say I have faith in DJ cause I don't, but I think that the, that collectively they'll be able to easily eclipse that 40. Um, and I, I see Clemson's defense kind of shutting out NC State's offense. So I'm picking Clemson to, to roll with that six and a half spread. So 
I picked Clemson to cover the spread last week because of the defense, but because of the defense and how poor they looked last week, that's why I'm actually going to pick NC State to at least cover the spread. And I'm not totally comfortable with um, with picking NC State to win, but that's kind of the, all right, let me put my nuts on the table here. I'm going to risk it for a biscuit, give me the Wolfpack. Uh, because I, I've looked at Clemson's schedule. They beat Georgia Tech in the opening in their opener. That really wasn't much of anything. Uh, Georgia Tech has already fired their coach. Uh, they beat Furman. Okay, cool. Okay. Uh, they beat Louisiana uh, Louisiana Tech by twenty eight. Okay. They beat Wake Forest. Uh, they beat him by six in overtime. That, that was your best matchup, but that one had to go to overtime, and there was 96 points scored in that game. Is Clemson's defensive line as good as we make it out to be? I've got questions. Because Louisiana Tech scoring 20 on you, I don't know how seriously you took them, but okay. Georgia Tech, again, has already fired their coach. So first game of the season, sure, whatever. But they did put up 10. For a defensive line that is made out to be like almost a pro NFL defensive line, I don't know. I I have questions yet just because I don't think their quality of opponent and the fact that their quality of opponent has been able to put up some points on them raises concerns. Mm. I mean, Furman put up 12. So for all I know, that's four field goals. So that, that that's nothing special, but also it's Furman. Uh, NC state, on the other hand, they went to East Carolina, still a, a horribly ridiculous decision by their AD to go to East Carolina. They barely escaped that one to start the season. So they started the season with a scare and a, a refocusing sort of game. They beat Charleston Southern, destroyed them. Okay, cool. Nothing special. Texas Tech comes to town. They handle business. So I'd say right now, even though Wake Forest is ranked, I feel like Texas Tech against Wake would be a really good game. Like if, if they aren't matched up in a bowl against each other, I would be kind of disappointed because I'd actually really like to see those two teams play each other. And NC State led up significantly less points to Texas Tech than Clemson did to Wake. Uh, and also, NC State played UConn last week, which is a glorified practice. So I think you give them a week to kind of work out some kinks, get everything together. Uh, Clemson has more of a scare. DJ has looked better. But I don't know how much I trust him. I'm going to take the over just because 40 seems obscenely low. I mean, we're not we're not talking like an Iowa football game here. We're talking Clemson NC State. <laughs> and, and really, I just kind of like Oklahoma State, which I should mention, I forgot to add in the fact that Oklahoma State had a bye week last week. So they've had a week to prepare for Baylor. But like them, if you're not going to do it in this spot, when are you ever going to do it? So I'm going to take NC State and really and truly hold on to my butt the entire time watching that game. So should be, that should be a good game. I mean, it has, and once again, another huge, big ACC game this, this week. Yeah, I feel like that one, like Kentucky Ole Miss, I feel like that has game of the weekend sort of vibes. Now, we'll jump to our FCS game of the week. Um, this is a biased game we're doing Towson at Delaware uh I think if you were to take the emotion out of this for me and Chris I think that 
we'd probably both take Delaware. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to be honest, I'm taking Towson because I'm an alum there. And this is honestly just a reminder that even if Towson loses, Towson wins because we are an upstanding university. And I just want to remind everyone that Delaware did disrespect the troops earlier this year with what they did to Navy's football team. So Towson, the better university, the better people, screw Delaware, go Tigers. Even though we'll probably lose, I'm still going to take Towson all day, every day. <laughs> Preach. All right. Well, with that note, we will wrap things up. Uh, I think I filled in the one omission I had about that bye week. Uh, everything else seems good. Uh, sure, there's still MLB stuff going on. The hockey preseason has started. But football is king as always. Uh, if you've made it this far, thank you again for listening. Try to think of a, of a punishment for whoever loses the NFL picks record for us. That would be fun. Oh, boy. And uh, we will see you guys next week. 